warm welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. This evening, I want to talk to you about the testimony of Jesus. Permit me to just teach a bit. Perhaps the Holy Ghost will interrupt me. It is His service. But permit me to teach. And then receive. Learn. Let your spirit be fed with the Word of God. Glory to God. Look at Revelations 19 verse 10. It will be a good place to start. Everybody say the testimony of Jesus. Say again the testimony of Jesus. You know, traditionally we believe in every service. We call people and say, what's your testimony? And then they tell you what happened to them. And they say, oh, my head was like this. Or so so happened to me on the road and then God did like this for me. I say, that's my testimony. But let us hear the testimony of Jesus himself. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? Now something happened here in Revelations 19 verse 10. And it's important for us to receive God's word. Are you ready? Should I go on? You sure? So you help your neighbor, alright? Tell your neighbor, help, help, help me, help me. Tell your neighbor, if I sleep, please knock my head. I will not be angry. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor again, if I sleep, elbow me. I will not be angry. Alright. Since you have permission, amen, you can do that to your neighbor. Amen. Hallelujah. See, today just enjoy the service. Amen. Just enjoy it. Amen. Enjoy it. Praise God. Alright. I'd like to read it. In Revelations chapter 19, verse 10, we have a conversation here that has been a blessing. The Bible says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. Now remember, John the Beloved was the one speaking. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, Permit me to read another scripture immediately and then we'll run. Revelations 22, verse 8 and 9. We'll stay in Revelations a little. Amen. Some of you never get to read Revelations. Because they told you that if you read it, you'll go mad. Alright, let's get mad tonight. Alright, Revelations chapter 22, verse 8. Amen. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Verse 9. 
Then saith he unto me, See, thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Now, um, John, listen to me. John was a man of revelation. Amen. Say, John was a man of revelation. Now, someone that wrote the book of John, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, and Revelations. should be a man of revelation. Amen. So, John was not a baby Christian. John was not an ignorant believer. John had a relationship with Jesus. He was the one, the Bible said, that sat at the bosom of Jesus. Hallelujah. He knew something about the love of God. He knew something about the light of God. He knew something about the life of God. John the Beloved now had a vision. And on two occasions, he made a mistake. The first occasion is in Revelation 19. He met someone talking to him and he felt he should worship the person. He said, no, no, don't worship me. The same John again in Revelation 22 saw what he called an angel. He called the person an angel. He called him an angel. He felt he cannot be human. He should be an angel. For him to know all these things. Amen. He should be an angel. Amen. And then he wanted to worship him. And the angel said, No, I'm not an angel. I'm a fellow servant. And I am a brother like you. I'm sure John must have wondered, How did you know these things? Amen. Are you understanding me? That means the depth of what the fellow was sharing. John had never heard something like that before. This should be God. Amen. And he wanted to worship. He said, no, no, don't worship me. There are dimensions in God. But I want to bring out something. In Revelation 19, verse 10, he said he fell at his feet to worship him. That means he was already on the floor. Glory to God. The fellow had to restrain him. He said, no, 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 no. Go back there. He said, and he said unto him, Thou see that you do it not. I am your fellow servant. And of the brethren. Then he said something. That have. Everybody say that have. That have what? The testimony of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. He said he has the testimony of Jesus. My prayer for you tonight is that you will have that testimony of Jesus. He said, I am your fellow brethren that have the testimony of What does it mean to have the testimony of Jesus? In Revelation 12 verse 17, you see the same statement again made about a group of people. Hallelujah. The Bible talked about how the dragon was angry with the woman. Hallelujah. The Bible said, he was rough with the woman. Glory to God. And then he made war with the remnant of her seed. Then he said, that remnant of her seed are those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Amen. So, we see in Revelation 19.10 about someone that said, I have the testimony of Jesus. We see another group in Revelation 12 verse 17 that have the testimony of Jesus. What does it mean to have the testimony of Jesus? John described himself that way. In the same book of Revelation chapter 1, after he introduced himself in verse 1, in Revelation 1 verse 2, John said something similar. Hallelujah. He said, Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And of all the things he saw. 
That means he was saying also, I also have what? The testimony of Jesus. If you read further down and get to verse 9, you'll see him again talk about the testimony of Jesus. That means the testimony of Jesus must mean something. Hallelujah. It must be something important. Ask your neighbor, do you have the testimony of Jesus? There is God. Do you have the testimony of Jesus? Well, you can't even know if you have it if you don't even know what it is. Glory to God. If you don't know what it is, how would you know if you have it? Now, I want to just explain a few things and then we jump ahead. When the Bible talks about the testimony, or a testimony, it's talking about something that is an evidence. The, the Greek word there is translated, there are several synonyms in English. Hallelujah. Alright, maybe you might just see slightly deviating from the original, but the root word there talks about witness. Everybody say witness. Hallelujah. Witness. In the Greek is a maturia. Witness. Evidence. A record. Hallelujah. A testimony. Amen. So any other place in scripture, sometimes I wonder when you, I study the scriptures, I begin to wonder why they decided to change the words. Hallelujah. Because in some places they translated it as testimony. In some other places they translated it as witness. In other places they translated it as reports. Amen. Are you understanding me? But the real thing was the same in Greek. Hallelujah. Now, what is that testimony of Jesus? Can you help me ask your neighbor? I feel like I should just stop the message and say, come back next week. And let's talk about the testimony of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Tonight I like to take you through a lot of scriptures because I want you to get this and know it for yourself. You know, if you study the scriptures carefully, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9 specifically, the Bible says something wonderful about the witness of man and the witness of God. I read verse 9 and 10 carefully. Follow me. If we receive the witness of men, what did he say? He said the witness of God is greater. Hallelujah. Now, we could translate it this way. If we receive the testimony of men, Amen. He said the testimony of God is greater. So there's a testimony of men and there's a testimony of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? So, some of us have received the testimony of men. You know, um, someone, um, it was E.W. Kenyon who wrote a book, Jesus the Healer. And then, um, in the last page of that book, he was talking about how a lot of people put pressure on him to give details of the testimonies that have happened in his ministry and add it to the book. And he said, but he thought otherwise, that no. He wanted men to rely on the testimony of God, rather than the testimony of men. Amen. Are we together? Now the point here is that, you no, know, somebody can come up and say, oh, look at what Jesus did in my life. Oh, look at what happened to me yesterday. I saw God at so so place. That's the testimony of a man. But God can give testimony of himself. Hallelujah. Are we together? Now, so this scripture is saying that, if we, as humans, have received the testimony of men, Understand that the testimony of God is what is greater. Hallelujah. Today we want to receive that testimony of God. We want to understand it. Amen. So, he said the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God which he has testified of his son. Amen. Alright. 
If you read down to verse 10, it tells us what it is. He said, He that believeth on the Son of God has this witness, this testimony in himself. Amen. Are we together? Now, understand. Let's go back to something. The Bible says, He said, I am your fellow servant that have the testimony of Jesus. Amen. How did he have it? Glory to God. How did he receive that testimony of Jesus? 1 John 5 is telling us that the witness of men, if we have received the witness of men, the witness or the testimony of God is greater. Then he said, this is the testimony of God which has testified of his son. That he that believes in that son has the witness in himself. Amen. That means believing grants you the testimony. Amen. Are we together? Believing. Never say believing. Say believing. When you believe, you have that testimony. And then, I love this scripture so much because it, it, it actually ends my message. Amen. It said, He that believed not God had made him a liar because he believed not the record that God gave of his son. That means God has come to give a testimony about his son. And anybody that believes that testimony, he has it. Amen. He has the witness in himself. And you know what the testimony is? Verse 11. He says, and this is the record, hallelujah, that God had given to us, what? Eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Hallelujah. That means this is the testimony. Amen. The whole testimony is that God has given to you and I, what? Eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Years ago, there's only one scripture I knew whenever I go to preach. It was the next one, verse 12. It said, He that has the Son has life. And he that has not the Son has not life. Amen. That's the only scripture I knew and I preach it every time. Amen. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son has not life. Hallelujah. So God's testimony, amen, is that He has given us eternal life. Amen. He testified to us through what? Through Jesus. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Now, go back to 1 John 5, 9. He said, if we receive the witness of men, that the witness of God is greater. Over the years, God had had witnesses. Amen. He had had witnesses. He had had witnesses. Acts chapter 14, verse 17 said, He left himself without, he never left himself without a witness. Amen. Throughout generations, Acts 14, 17, he never left himself without a witness. That means that in the time of Adam, there was a witness. In the time of Noah, there was a witness. In the time of, are you understanding me? He never left himself without a witness. John the Baptist told us in John 1, verse 6, verse 6 to 8, he said there was a man sent from God. His name was John. He said the same came as a witness. He came as a witness to bear witness of the light. He was not the light. Amen. Are you understanding me? Go there. He said the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That all men through him might believe. Verse 8. He said he was not the light. But was sent to do what? To bear witness. That's the witness of a man. Amen. Are you understanding me? That's the witness of a man. So John the Baptist came to bear witness, to tell them, God said this, God said that. Over the years, several people came to bear witness. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that the witness of God is greater. That the testimony of God is greater. Tell anybody say the testimony of God is greater. Glory to God. The testimony of God is greater. Remember something, that even the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, they all came as witnesses. Amen. 
What they had seen. What does a witness do? A witness declares what he had seen. Amen. Or what he heard. So they came. God told me so, so and so. That's why. That testimony, remember, is a witness. That witness also is a report. That's why Isaiah said, who had believed what? Our report. What he meant is, who had believed? My own testimony. Amen. That Isaiah had his testimony about the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. He said, who has believed it? But Hebrews chapter 1 summarizes this all. Chapter 1 verse 1. He said, God who had sundry times and in diverse manners spoke unto the fathers through the prophets. Alright? That means that all the prophets that came were witnesses. Amen. He said, but in verse 2, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son Jesus, whom he had appointed heir of all things. Amen. By whom also he made the words. That means that this Jesus Christ is God's testimony. Hallelujah. People have been speaking for God. Now God spoke for himself. Amen. He spoke for himself through Jesus. Amen. So Jesus is the testimony of the Father to us. Today, I, am, I have the testimony of Jesus. And I am heralding that testimony. Amen. It is that testimony of Jesus that makes somebody that is sick to be healed. Amen. It's that testimony of Jesus that sets the captives free. How do we know? Paul spoke about that testimony. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 1, he said, And I, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you what? The testimony of God. That means Paul came to declare the testimony of God. Amen. The testimony of God. He said, But I did not declare it with excellency of speech or of wisdom. That's not how I declared it. He said, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In essence, He's telling us what the testimony is. Amen. That the testimony, the summary of that testimony of Jesus is Jesus and His crucifixion. Say, Jesus and His crucifixion. Say Jesus and his crucifixion. Do you know that there is power just to say your sins have been forgiven by Jesus? There is power in that thing. Do you know that? Look at your neighbor and say your sins have been forgiven. Your body has been healed. Prosperity belongs to you. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You know what happened? You have just released power on the person. Amen. Are you understanding me? There is power in that announcement. Paul said, look, when I came to you, I didn't want to know everything, anything. The only thing was Jesus and Him crucified. That is the summary of the testimony of God is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Are we together? It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the summary of what? The testimony of Jesus. Amen. Remember that that scripture we read in Revelation 19 verse 10 where he said, look, 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 look. I am your fellow servant. Hallelujah. And of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. He said, worship God. The last phrase. He said, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now you might not understand it. NLT explains it better. It says the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. The reason why all of this Bible exists from Genesis to Revelation is just so that you will see Jesus. If you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation and don't see Jesus, 
Then you miss the point of the book. Amen. You miss the point of the book. In Genesis, he stands tall. Amen. In Exodus, he stands tall. The whole Bible was just to show and testify about Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 5.39 He said, you search, search the scriptures. John 5.39 Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. He said, no, no, no. It's not eternal life. They are they which testify of me. Amen. Some people think that if they don't read the book, something will jump out to them. Say, no, 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 no. The book talks about me. Amen. The scriptures are about me. Glory to God. Say, the scripture is about Jesus. Everything in the Bible is about Jesus. Now, listen. If you're here believing God for a healing, be saying what I'm telling you to say. Amen. Don't be distracted by any pain. Amen. Just follow. Glory to God. The whole of this Bible is about Jesus. Is about Jesus. The essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. So when we read the Bible, we see Jesus in the Bible. We see Jesus all over the place. Glory to God. What is it about Jesus? Jesus crucified. Now, I'm going to take you to another scripture. In First Peter chapter 1, I read from verse 9, maybe we stop at somewhere like verse 11. I want you to understand something about this testimony of Jesus. Because if you are here today and you have or received this testimony, your body will be healed. If you receive this testimony of Jesus, amen, your life will be transformed. If you receive this testimony of Jesus and have it, hallelujah, you will never know a life of shame, amen. Understand it. Understand it. You know, in First Peter 1 9, it says, Receiving the end of your, your faith, hallelujah, which is the salvation of your soul. That means the purpose of your faith is what? The salvation of your soul. Amen. He said, Of which salvation these prophets inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. That means these prophets long before time. They were searching, hallelujah. They were inquiring, they were asking questions about this grace that has come to you and I. Amen. They prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. But they were searching. In verse 11, and I said, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. Hallelujah. What was he talking about? When he testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Amen. Listen, that means that the testimony of the prophets showed us something. Two sides of that testimony. One is what? The sufferings of Christ. I would say the sufferings of Christ. The second part is what? The glory that should follow. Say the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Now listen to me. If you hear what I'm about to say now, you will never suffer again. Amen. It said, listen, this, this, this spirit of Christ that was in them, Prophesied, hallelujah. Testified beforehand, before time, of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. Hallelujah. That means the, the, after the sufferings, there's the glory, there's the glory, there's the glory, there is the glory. In Luke 24, verse 25 and 26, Jesus appeared to a group of people. He said, Oh fools, slow of heart to believe what the prophets have said. Up not, verse 26, the Christ who has suffered and entered into glory. 
In essence, we're saying, hey, 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 the issue, anybody that is a student of scripture would have known that Jesus will suffer and then he will enter into glory. That there is a suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Tap your say, there is a suffering of Christ and there is a glory that should follow. Say it again, there is a suffering of Christ and there is a glory that should follow. Glory to God. <laughs> we are getting somewhere. You know, sometimes you hear motivational speakers. They say, oh, there is no gain without pain. You are true. You are correct. There is no gain without pain. But Jesus took my pain and gave me his gain. Amen. The sufferings of Christ are the pain Jesus took so that you will not have any pain. And then he gave you what was the gain. Amen. Are you understanding me? So, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. There is the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. Every Bible scholar saw it, understood it. Peter, um, Peter spoke about the sufferings of Christ. Acts chapter 3 verse 18. He talked about the sufferings of Christ. Paul talked about it. Acts 7, 13, 17, 3. He talked about it. He said, look, look, look. There's a suffering that they talked about. Even Jesus knew. You know, when you see people wear, the, a, 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 I don't know what they call it, now, a pendant that has a cross with Jesus on it. That's not the complete story. Amen. Amen. The story did not end at the sufferings. The cross is symbolic of the suffering. But after the cross, there was a grave. After the grave, there was a throne. Amen. Are you understanding me? The throne is the place of glory. The throne is called the throne of glory. Amen. Because after the suffering, he must embrace the throne. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the suffering on the cross. He despised the shame and he sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Understand that, understand that. That suffering Jesus suffered was not the end. It was a passing phase. Amen. So that he could bring you to glory land. Hallelujah. He could bring you to glory land. Hallelujah. But listen to me. You can't embrace the glory if you've never been told about the suffering. You can't embrace the glory if you first don't identify with the sufferings of Jesus. There's an identification with Christ that makes the story different. The day you believe in the gospel, something happens, hallelujah, in, in an instant, the Holy Ghost takes you and baptizes you into that death, into that sacrifice of Jesus, amen. And you come out and you rise up into newness of life. Listen to me. This suffering of Christ, you must embrace it first. You must understand it. You must identify with it. The Bible talked about the suffering of death. Scripture said that even Jesus, who was equal with God, he thought it not robbery. Hallelujah. I just said, to be made in the likeness of men. The Bible said he was humbled into the, even unto the death of the cross. Now there's something about Jesus. One, he is God, but he became a servant. Not just a servant, to be made human was already, are you understanding me? Already humiliating to be human. Then, when he came as a man, the Bible said he died. Not just that he died, the kind of death he died. The death of a criminal on the cross. That was suffering. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 called the suffering of death. He called death a suffering. That separation from the Father Jesus went through was a suffering. Amen. 
was his suffering. The humiliation he went through on the cross was a suffering. He, in, in, he, in Isaiah 53, he took a time to explain to us what Jesus went through. Amen. Listen, it's good for you to know what Jesus went through for you. Amen. If you don't even know what he went through for you, you will not even be able to receive what he made available to you. Glory to God. Isaiah had the audacity to ask who had believed our reports. Remember something. You know, most of the time we start Isaiah 53 from verse 1. But you know, Bible was not written in chapters and verses. Amen. Men had to organize it to make sure that, it, they, for reference purposes, the scripture about the Jesus, the Jesus actually started in Isaiah 52 from verse 13. He said, Behold, my servants shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and restored and be very high. Hallelujah. There was a servant they were talking about. This God was going to come and be a servant. Amen. As many were astonished at him. He said his visit was so mad, more than the sons of men. Meaning that when, when his body was battered, it's not just his physical body, his soul. When they saw what happened to this Jesus, it was horrendous. It was a monstrous act, not just of men, but of God upon somebody. Amen. Are you understanding me? Sin, fasting his hold and death on his body. Jesus dies. Amen. He said, his visit was so mad, more than any man. His form, more than the sons of men. That's what Jesus said. So shall he sprinkle the nations. Kings, at the end of the day, will shut their mouths at him. Amen. That which they have not been told, shall they see. That which they have not heard, shall they consider. Then it starts from chapter 53, verse 1. Who had believed our report? That means he was giving his own testimony. Amen. Who had believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The moment you believe this report, the arm of God is the power of God. The arm of God is the ability of God. The moment you believe the report, forget your other part. The arm of the Lord will explode on your body. It will explode in your money, in your, in your finances. It will explode in your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Tonight, believe this report. Believe this report. Believe this report. Who had believed our reports? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He said, for, he said talking about Jesus. He said, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. As a root out of a dry ground. Hallelujah. He had no form of comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Amen. Are we together? That means he was trying to tell us, look at this Jesus. Look at this Jesus. Look at, there was nothing spectacular. In verse 3, and I said, he is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief with your grief with your grief acquainted he no suffer he said we have suffered before Jesus has suffered before he's acquainted with grief he said and we hid our seat to our faces from him glory to God are we together he's acquainted with grief <laughs> glory to God glory to God He said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. It was not for himself. It was for our transgressions. I said, for your transgression. Jesus was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. Amen. He said, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Hallelujah. Amen. Go back to, go, go to verse 4. Surely I born again. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. That means that what Jesus did, some of us thought, ah, this kind of thing is God that is punishing him. When they saw Jesus on the cross, they said, ah, this one is God that is dealing with him. Yes, it was God dealing with him. 
He was dealing with him for your sake. God has dealt with him so that he doesn't ever have to deal with you again. God has punished Jesus so that he doesn't have to punish you again. That's your sickness on your body. Jesus carried it. Amen. Surely, not maybe. Jesus is saying, surely, not maybe, surely. He bore, he carried it on his body. He bore your grief. Hallelujah. He carried your sorrows. Amen. He carried your sorrows. I said he carried your sorrows. I said he carried your sorrows. I said he carried your sorrows. That sorrow you came with, Jesus carried it. He carried it. He carried it. That pain, Jesus carried it. You don't have to carry it anymore. Reject it. Refuse to carry it. Jesus carried it. Surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him sick as we have gone afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. This is the testimony, amen. With his stripes we are healed. Now, this is the suffering of Jesus. With his stripes, what happened? We are healed. We are healed. We are healed. You know, most of the time we stop here. The six says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Your sins have been laid on Jesus. Whatever you are going through is not because of your sin. I say it's not because of your sin. Someone has already served the sentence for your sin. His name is Jesus. Someone has already served the sentence for your sin. His name is Jesus. Receive this testimony today. That's the suffering of Christ. That's the suffering of Christ. So he took our time to explain this suffering of Christ. Alright, you, 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 you go to verse 10 and 11. Just give, give me verse 10. He says something very powerful in verse 10. He said, look, look, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. So that he will never have to bruise you. Amen. And he put him to grief. He made the soul of Jesus an offering for sin. So listen, concerning sin, God has been settled. Amen. The demand God made for, 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 for sin to be settled, it has been met. Amen. It has been met. It has been met. I love verse 11. He said, when he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. So God is satisfied. He's satisfied. Hallelujah. That he, you, there's no sickness that should be on your body again. No pain should be on you again. No sin should be laid to your charge again. He is satisfied. <laughs> he saw the travail of his soul. And he was what? Satisfied. This is the scripture that tells us about the sufferings of Christ. The next chapter in 54 now tells you about the glory that follows that suffering. Amen. Because he has suffered for you. Now he bringing, he's bringing you into the glory. Amen. Remember that we, 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 when he suffered, we suffered with him. How do we know? Romans chapter 6. Give me verse 3. It's, it's 3 to 5. Romans 6 chapter. Go there quickly. Know you not. That so many of us, as we are baptized, he's not talking about water baptism here. He's talking about being immersed into Christ by your salvation. But many of us, as we are baptized into Jesus Christ, we are immersed into his deaths. Amen. We are immersed into his deaths. Are you understanding me? That means that the day you got born again, what happened was that you were immersed into that thing that happened to Jesus. Amen. You were immersed into his death. 
verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him, hallelujah, by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together, are you seeing that? In the likeness of his death, we shall also, we shall be also in the likeness of what? His resurrection. That means in the mind of God, you were planted in the likeness of his death. Hallelujah. That means you experience death with Jesus. You experience the suffering with Jesus. You experience crucifixion with Jesus. And you are experiencing resurrection with Jesus. These are the things that John, Peter understood. Peter understood it in 1 Peter 5 1. He said, I'm an elder. I'm a, I'm a witness of the sufferings. I'm the partaker of the glory. Amen. Are you telling me? He said, I, I, I witness the suffering, but I also partook of the glory. People of God, don't stop at the sufferings. Enter the glory. By believing, hallelujah, you identify with the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Amen. This is the identification. Hallelujah. We, 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 we identify with him. See, what happened to him on the cross happened to us. Hallelujah. That's why Paul had your audacity in Galatians 2.20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. He didn't say, I will be. I am. Hallelujah. I am. It has already happened. Lift your voice and say, I am crucified with Christ. Say, I died with Jesus. I hung on that cross with Jesus. I was buried with Jesus. And I am raised up with Jesus. Glory to God. When Jesus rose up, there was no sickness on his body anymore. When Jesus rose up, death could not keep him down anymore. He was limitless. Hallelujah. The Bible said he began to ascend into heaven. Gravity could not hold him down. When you understand that you have entered into glory, you will see that you have escaped the corruption in the world. Hallelujah. Because you are a partaker of the divine nature. Glory to God. You entered something and you have come out of something. Sickness has no hold on your body. Pain has no hold on your body. No cancer has any hold on your body. Every spirit of infirmity upon you is loose in the name of Jesus. It's a life of glory. It's a life of glory. It's a life of glory. Glory to God. When you understand that you are you are you are you are, you are crucified, that means say I'm crucified with Christ. Amen. So nevertheless I live, yet not I. The life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Glory to God. <laughs> this is the testimony of Jesus. Which was testified about beforehand. Of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. The glory that shall follow. Today, maybe you've just heard about the sufferings of Christ. I'm bringing into the glory. Listen to me. In Bible days, they took time to explain the sufferings of Christ to the church, to the early church. They took time to explain it. Because people had to see the picture of what Jesus did for them. How do we know? Galatians 3, verse 1, Paul was saying to them, Oh foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was evidently set forth and crucified among you. Meaning that when I taught this thing, it was like you were there. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was like you were there. And truly you were there. You were there. You were there. Your sins were laid on Jesus. Listen to me. If you are here today, your sins have been forgiven. It's not it has been forgiven. Forgiven. Totally forgiven. Your, your, your body has been healed. Are you understanding me? That's what Jesus did for you on the cross. 
Are you listening to me? Victory belongs to you. Prosperity belongs to you. Are you understanding me? Everything Jesus paid for. Now, in law, there's what they call double jeopardy. That means a man cannot be punished for a crime twice. If Jesus has been punished for your sins, you cannot be punished again for that same sin. Are you understanding me? If Jesus took your sickness, you have no business with that sickness. The Bible says himself, himself took your infirmities. He didn't send an angel. No, he didn't send an angel. He himself, on the cross, he said, put all your sickness here. Put that pain here. He said, put, put the pain inside here. Put it here. Put it here. Put it here. He took it. Are you telling me? He took it. He said, put the cancer. Put it in my hand. Put the cancer here. Put, put it. Sickle cell anemia. Put it here. Put it here in the name of Jesus. That pain, put it here. Himself took it. 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 He took it. H-I-V-H. He took it. He took it. Rosalabasha. Epilepsy. He took it. That tumor in your body. He took it. That growth in your abdomen. He took it. He didn't send an angel. When he was on that cross, he took it. With his stripes, you were healed. And by that authority right now, stand on your feet. Every devil of infirmity, holding your body illegally, every spirit of darkness, holding your body illegally, from the crown of your head now, to the sole of your feet. Get on the keyboard. Now, place your hand on any part of your body. You are infirm. This is your hour. Place your hand on that part of your body. Now, the moment we pray, healing should break forth. As we pray, run to the front now and start checking yourself. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. This is how the power of God works. The power of God works when you respond to it. Hallelujah. The moment we pray, <laughs> let me just share something while you're still standing. The children of Israel were to leave Egypt that night. The night we know as the night of Passover. Do you know to, how to prove to you that they were in faith? The Bible says they wore their shoes and tied their belt and dressed up before they started eating the body and the blood. Meaning that they knew that the moment they eat, they will go. So they dressed up to go. Today, before I pray, dress up to be healed. Dress up. If you couldn't walk, dress up to walk. If you couldn't move now, dress up to move. The moment we finish praying, Listen to me. That thing you could not do, you will do it here. And you will see that God's power has broken forth upon you. Are you ready? What will happen when we pray? What will happen to you when we pray? No, no, I'm asking you. I want you to say, what will happen to you when we pray? When will it happen to you when we pray? Now, when we pray. Now, now when we pray. That thing will leave you. That thing will leave you. Are you ready? Place around there now. Every devil harassing anybody here. Everyone under the sound of my voice. You spirit of infirmity. Hear me. I bear the testimony of Jesus. And I declare today, you have no rights over that body. You have no rights over those lungs. You have no rights over those legs. You have no right over that abdomen. You have no right over that head. You have no right over that blood. You have no right in those bones. Therefore now in the name of Jesus, I adjure you, come out of that body.
come out of that body. Come out of that mind. Come out of that brain. Come out of that blood. Lose in the name of Jesus. Lose in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are gone in Jesus' name. Right now, speak healing to your body. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Take it up.